Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Greetings from Africa, and um, I want you to know, it's true as Pastor Campbell says, he, he has traveled wide in Africa. Sometimes, you know, there are always bad news and uh, things that so difficult you know, coming out of Africa. But, you know, there's, there's also good news. In fact, I'm an evidence of a good news that Jesus is saving Africans. Jesus is saving people in our, I'm telling you, beloved, I'm so, I'm so, you know, I'm just blessed to be a part of what God is doing these last days. Amen? And uh, continue to pray for Africa. Despite all that is happening, you know, just, we can just put that behind us. Let's just think on the good side. That thousands and thousands of people are receiving Jesus, getting saved because somebody, one way or the other, is willing to go down there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to actually thank, you know, you guys here, your investment, I'm telling you, is not going in vain. Your prayer is not going in vain. God is doing something in Africa. Hallelujah. And, um... uh, it's a really blessing. It's a really, you know, great privilege and opportunity once more to minister to these wonderful people in this church. Hallelujah. Can we just pray this evening and ask God's presence? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for what you have been doing, what you're doing. We thank you, God, for this church. We thank you for the lives that have been blessed. We thank you for what you're going to do tonight. I turn this meeting over into your hands. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 6, verse 9. Well, it's a very familiar story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. I believe even the children church, those little kids and the children church knows the story very well. Amen. And, um, but I believe uh, there is something profound. There is something that the Spirit of God wants to teach us this evening. Uh, that if we can just open our hearts, I believe out of what God wants to say this evening in this story, will eternally change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to minister a sermon titled, The Bread. And the fish. Hallelujah. Say with me, the bread and the fish. It's a very familiar story. Let me first of all consider with you the Galilean crisis. The Bible tells us that this was Jesus on the move. As we read through the story, the Bible says that Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee and the great multitude followed Jesus. 
First of all, let us look at this, you know, let us appreciate the genuineness of these people that follow Jesus. I, we cannot actually understand why, but definitely, I believe that notable miracle that just happened in the book of John chapter 5 about this man that was in the pool for 38 good years, uh, I believe that news of that miracle spread right through the region. And everyone was actually trying to see who this Jesus is. Can I have an amen? What is he capable of doing? You understand what I'm saying? Because this man, let's, let's just picture it if it was in our days. I believe it should have been on the front line of the newspaper. Have you heard the story? The man for 38 years is now playing football, soccer. What, what actually happened? Well, we heard that it was one Jesus. Hallelujah. It was just one Jesus. And now it created anxiety and curiosity from these people to actually see this Jesus. And I believe we must appreciate the genuineness of their conviction to know who Jesus was. And believe me, beloved, that conviction drive them to receive an unprecedented miracle. Hallelujah. I believe we must agree, we must settle down that Christianity is a movement of miracle. It is accompanied by miracle. In fact, here is this man behind this pulpit is an evidence of God's miracle. Some 16 years ago, I was bound in sin, in sexual sin, and all kind of mess and disobedience. But that man, Jesus, when he came into my life, beloved, I'm telling you, I'm completely transformed. Hallelujah. And, and because of that miracle, there we must have faith. You see, faith is what actually sparked miracle. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Somebody described faith like a fuse. You know a fuse? A fuse is a small wire that is most of them used in electronics or vehicle that transmits heavy, heavy current. It's very small, but the material they use to make the fuse can take heavy weight. And it's used to transfer current or electricity on one side to another. Hallelujah. And now, somebody says faith is like that. Faith is what connects you to the supernatural. Hallelujah. Faith is what connects you to receive what you don't even believe will happen. It connects you to something supernatural. And here in our scripture... We must agree right here, this is, this is a miracle that no one else could perform except Jesus. Can I have an amen? So here the Bible says that this multitude followed Jesus. And it was actually said by John that the great multitude followed him because they saw the signs and wonders which he performed to those that were diseased. Hallelujah. There is a tangible evidence that Jesus can do something. Hallelujah. I don't care if you believe that or not. I believe that Jesus can do something. He says that those that were diseased. 
we can name them from AIDS and HIV and tuberculosis and cancer. Jesus was just healing people. And probably you are here tonight. If you can have faith like a mustard seed, I believe you must be a candidate for God's miracle. Hallelujah. And these actually provoked these people to follow Jesus. Everyone that followed Jesus that day, I believe, have a need. Amen. Because John told us that they actually followed him because of what they saw. Oh God, I want Jesus to do this for me. I want Jesus to heal me. I want Jesus to save me. Or whatever reason, we must appreciate that conviction. And the Bible says their expectation of these people was very high. I don't know how you come to this meeting tonight. But if you have expectation, then you are ready to receive something from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They followed Jesus through that Galilee dry land that desert. The Bible says that they, at that time, it was going towards the evening. And these were a multitude, multitude of people. And I can imagine, picture with me, Jesus turning and looking at those people. Everyone coming. Everyone. And Jesus saw those people. And now it was getting late. Probably it's going to 7, 8 at night. And Jesus probably just called a few of his disciples. He says, hey, Peter, James, John, please, can you, Andrew, Philip, please come closer. Now there is a crisis right here. Now these people, there are so much. In fact, we were told that they, when they count them, they were 5,000. And these were just men. And in most gatherings like that, women are more than men. And if the women are more than the men, these women have kids. <laughs> so we are looking at something more than 5,000. Hallelujah. Amen. So now, this crisis occurred in this place. And right here, as I believe Jesus called these guys, the disciples. He says, now, what are we going to do? And one of them just send them away. You know, it's getting late. You know, let them go home. But thank God. Jesus is also touched with the feelings of our infirmity. Hallelujah. Humanity, man, can say, yes, just get these people away. But God is always there to pick you up. I think if this disciple should have understood what Jesus was trying to say, that he actually came to save those that are lost. We cannot just trash them like that. We cannot just abandon them like that. We just, we just can't leave them like that. Thank God. Some 20 years ago, Pastor Warner sent somebody, Pastor Alvin Smith, to Africa. Hallelujah. And the evidence of the revival that is taking place in Africa, I'm so blessed to be a part of that. Hallelujah. I'm so blessed. I've never think that I should have been saved. Probably I should have been dead. I'm telling you, but I thank God, even though the United Nations, the world, and the international community saying, oh, this Africa is this and this, that. We thank God that Jesus has picked us up. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, only eternity will reveal what God has done in Africa. We cannot measure it. I'm telling you, probably you cannot even understand 
what I'm trying to say, the depth and the gravity of what I'm trying to, only eternity will reveal it. The thousands of people today that Jesus looked at, he says, no, we cannot just trash them. We're going to take care of them. Hallelujah. Indeed, it is a crisis. How are we going to feed these people? That, you see, there is, a, there, is a, there is a problem with perspective here. The disciple saw it as a crisis. Jesus saw it as an opportunity. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we confuse ourselves by thinking, some people say this is a stumbling block. But let me say to you, it's how you see it. Stumbling block and stepping stone, they are the same. It's how you see it. Can I have an amen? What you say, oh, this is a stumbling block, is what I'm going to use as a stepping stone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? The problem is perspective. How you see it determines how the result comes. Amen. Somebody this says, oh, this, I think this is going to be a crisis. This is going to be a problem. Oh, Jesus just sent them away. Oh, we can't help. We can't handle the situation. Oh, no, this is going to be an embarrassment. It's a stumbling block. And Jesus says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use the stumbling block as a stepping stone for a miracle. Hallelujah. And I can imagine he called his disciples and he says, he asked them, he says, what are we going to do for those people? Now imagine with me these disciples. Probably they says, okay, Jesus, let's just have a little conference on what we're going to do. And they gather themselves. Peter, James, John, Judas. Hey, guys, you see, I've been telling you about this Jesus guy. He is always here to embarrass us. Here is five, we've just counted 5,000 people. And now he's asking us to feed them. And beside, this is a desert. <laughs> Hallelujah. Probably if it's downtown, we should have rushed to one of McDonald's or one of these shops and have some food. But this is a desert. This is embarrassment. Hey, Judas, how many, do you have enough cash? There is enough Titan offering? And Judas said, oh, no, I don't think so, man. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, and probably above all, Thomas, you know, is notorious for unbelief. I believe he said, that's why I've been telling you. I've been walking with this Jesus, but, you know, I don't believe, you know. See, now he's telling us to feed these people. 5,000. There's a crisis. There's an issue. But the question is, is not the issue of the crisis. The question is, how are we going to address this crisis? Because crisis, situation like this, it's all around us. Problems are people. People are problems. Amen. They, I believe they had a little conference and how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And so forth. And there was no solution. Indeed, when we try to handle spiritual issues in physical way, there is going to be no solution. Because with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. I can imagine Jesus come back to them. Hey guys, have you found a solution? And... Uh, well, well, Jesus, when we were coming in, I saw a little boy right down the road. I have five bread or two fish. Two fish or five bread, but it's something five and two, actually. But, but what is that? Amen. And that one, Jesus, actually picked upon his says, indeed, this is where I'm going to glorify my Father in heaven. This is the point of my miracle. Hallelujah. This is where I'm going to do something. And right there, 
He sent them, he says, okay, get the, get the five bread and the two fish, get them here. Hallelujah. And um, uh, let's imagine, as they were going to get it, they were even doubting. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So as they were going, I can imagine them, you know, grumbling says, wow, imagine five bread, two fish. And Peter, you know, these guys are fishermen. Imagine with me. Peter is a fisherman. And those that actually knows about those people that do fishing, these are people that eat a lot. Amen. And just five bread, two fish. Peter says, in fact, when I'm not actually hungry, I'm, you know, I don't have appetite. I'm not hungry. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, I, even five bread is not enough for me. And now Jesus is trying to say, bring just this five bread. For me, if, when, 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 I'm actual, when I actually want to eat, probably I can eat ten bread. Yes. And now we are looking at the situation where Jesus wants to bring us into an embarrassment. But however, you know what? Let's get the bread and the fish to Jesus. Hallelujah. They took this bread and this fish and they brought it to Jesus. I believe Jesus was actually trying to test the strength of their faith. Hallelujah. He knows what was happening. He knows what he's going to do. He knows that these guys, there is a lesson that, was, that Jesus was about to teach them. Hallelujah. There is something that Jesus was about to teach them. That I don't care how little, I don't care how you think about the situation or the problem or this crisis. There is always a solution in my name. Hallelujah. Sometimes we look at situation, we enter into crisis, we enter into a situation that is so difficult. We look left, right and center. There is no way out. But let me tell you right there. If you have a different perspective about it, God will show you that indeed in this situation, in this crisis, there's a miracle that is about to take place. Hallelujah. Seen it on many occasions. That's why we can't, you can't just approach situation instantly. You have to wait, seek the face of God, ask God. Because what you think is for nothing. What you think is a, is a problem. What you think is a crisis. There God is about to show you something. We've been pioneering in Africa. We've seen situation, hostile situation to the gospel. But right there, we are not looking at the problem. We are not looking at the, at the difficulties. We are just looking that with this situation, God is about to birth a miracle. Hallelujah. God is about to do something. I remember, let me just, say, let me just give you a story. I remember when I was, when I was in Congo... You know, it's a, you know, Africa is just different, you know. Anyway, so these cops, this traffic police, you know, if they know that you are a foreigner, they use advantage because probably you don't speak their language well. Even when you speak, they know that, oh, this is a, this is a foreigner. You understand what I'm saying? So right there, they create a situation where they will just get hold of you just to squeeze money out of you. So one day I was driving and they arrested me. Can I inspect your driving license and car document? I gave them. Everything is okay. And uh, the guy spoke in one of their local languages, but I cannot speak it. And he says, oh, you're what? I said, I'm a missionary. That now in French. He says, oh, you speak French with an English accent. 
So automatically says, ah, now it begins to create a problem. Well, the car, this, this is that, that is this, and, and automatically I know that now he wants to give me a problem. He says, okay, we must go to the office. I says, okay, no problem. I'm going to go to the office. He, go, he entered the car. We went to the office. And um, he took the document. You see, he actually tried to intimidate me. He's trying, you know, actually, t- you, know, you, know, you know what, you, this and that. I says, no. I was, I was just looking for the opportunity because out of the crisis, a miracle was about to be birthed. Hallelujah. So they took me there and they said, they'll charge me, we'll go. I says, for what? says, well, this, this is that. And I says, just because of this. Is the document not okay? It's okay. Is my, I didn't, my driving license, is it okay? Yes, it's okay. So why? What's the problem? Well, I knew he needs money, but I'm not going to give him money. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give him money. So they took the, this document to, the, to the, the head of the police. And there's a, there's a major or a captain. So he saw this, the, this document. He was reading it. And... Um, Automatically, he says, where is this man? It's Desmond Bell. Definitely, I'm not a Congolese. That's not a Congolese name. And uh, he sent somebody to call me. So I came and uh, I started speaking. He says, no, I can speak English. Let's talk in English. He says, what happened? So I explained. I says, well, I don't know. He says that, you know, he's just trying to squeeze me to get money out of, out of me. And he called the guy. He says, you, are, you not, are you not afraid of God? This is a man of God. He's a missionary. And you... You just arresting him for that? Hallelujah. And now you can see me now. Ha, ah, I'm the boss now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And he says, okay, pastor, no problem. I am the officer in charge of the traffic here in this city. As from today, any problem you have, just give me a call. Oh, my God. What was a stumbling block has become a stepping stone. What was a crisis have become a miracle. How do you see it? Hallelujah. The disciples saw crisis, but Jesus saw a miracle. Hallelujah. So right there, the Bible says they brought this fish into the hands of Jesus. Indeed, with man's view, with man's understanding, this is nothing. There is nothing that is going to come out of it. But when that bread and the fish actually reached in the hands of the master, the miracle begins. Hallelujah. It seems very insignificant. It seems like there is nothing that is going to come out of it. It seems very much of nothing. But right there, Jesus was about to teach us a very vital lesson that I don't care how bad the situation is. Probably you you think that it is finished. You think that everything is down. Or it is as small as that bread and that fish. What Jesus wants us to do tonight, just take that little bread and that fish and that crust, just put it in his hands. And then you're going to see a miracle. Hallelujah. I remember my wife when we had our first baby. You know when you just get married, you're excited to have a baby. Oh, oh baby. Oh, my wife. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, my baby. I look at my wife. Oh, I'm actually taking special care of her. Hallelujah. We go to the doctor together. Everything together. You know, there's a lot of inconvenience in pregnancy. I says, oh honey, I wish I should have carried it for you. I'm so, ex- <laughs> I'm so excited. Hallelujah. Amen. My first baby. 
I guess you understand what I'm saying. Those of us that, you know, we're looking forward for your first baby. And so just, I think it was nine months, just between the date of delivery, she encountered complications. So I was very worried. Oh, no, I was worried. That's the truth. Sometimes the devil actually shakes us. Amen? I was very worried. So we get to the, you know, in Africa, there's no good medical facilities and stuff like that. However, we have a Jesus that is a Jew of Rafa. Hallelujah. So listen, so we went to this doctor. They did the scan and whatsoever. You know, those doctors, we thank God for them, but sometimes they actually create tension. I says, doctor, what I know is fine, it, it, but it's not fine. The normal is okay, but it's not okay. Amen? So we did this scan. I looked at him and I know that something is wrong. He says, okay, you can take this result back to the gynecologist. So he clipped it. I said, can I just look? Let me see the result. He says, no, you're not permitted to do so. I says, but excuse me, she's my wife. That's my baby. Is my right? He says, no. I says, oh, then something is wrong. Hallelujah. And I took that envelope on my way going. I turned left. I turned right. He was not there and I opened it. But you know how these doctors write? You can't even understand. <laughs> what is this, Lord? You know, just write just like, like that. So, I clipped it again. <laughs> because I can't understand nothing. So, I finally get to the doctor, the gynecologist, and he, and he looked at it and he says, Oh, well, no, she's fine. But um, uh, the, the, the baby is on a transverse position. I says, what is transverse? He says, the, the baby is a cross. And he says, that's, I said, is that bad? He says, well, well. I says, just tell me. I just want to know the situation. The result. He says, well, it's bad. But let's just give her some time. Then I'll, 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 we, we're going to give him some medication and stuff like that. I said, so what is the thing? He says, it's transverse. I says, okay, transverse. So I took that transverse before the Lord. I says, God, whether it's transverse, whether it's transpose, whether it's transport, everything that is trans, Lord, correct it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every trans, anything that is named trans, I ask you, Lord, detrans it, position it. Amen. Let me tell you, God can, God can hear our prayers. Hallelujah. How do you see the situation? Determines the result. Sometimes we are so taken, we are so pressed down with the problem, with the situation, that we even forgot that God can take us through. Hallelujah. I prayed and I asked God, I bring God to remembrance that love this child in fact, I'm just a caretaker. You say all this, every kids belongs to you, children and heritage. I begin to pray, my wife and I, because we don't have the money to go to the hospital to do operations and stuff like that. I says, God, you didn't promise that. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know what? God came down. He positioned that baby, and today I've got that child. She's 10 years of age. Hallelujah. And she's serving Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, many a time, we have to put the word of God to test. 
Hallelujah. Jesus says, just give me the bread and the fish. The disciples gave Jesus the bread and the fish. And they lifted it up. And he says, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. I thank you for this bread and this fish. Listen to me. Indeed, it was a dry area. It was a desert area. But right there, God teaches us a lesson. That I don't care the situation around us. I don't care what is happening around us. Your level of understanding in the word of God will change the situation. I'm telling you, beloved. You know, people say, you know, America, everything is bright and beautiful. Okay, that's fine. But you know what? Humanity is humanity. There's problem everywhere. Hallelujah. There's problem everywhere. So right there, Jesus prayed and asked God to bless the bread and the fish. And I believe to the list of the expectation of this disciple, something happened. The Bible says that this bread and the fish begins to multiply. A miracle was on the making. Hallelujah. A miracle was on the making. Now imagine with me, think, think about it. If the boy should have refused to give this bread and the fish, do you think that should have been that miracle? No. Amen? So right there, there's another lesson that God is trying to say. The willingness to release what we have, despite how little, despite how bad, the willingness to release that to the Lord Jesus, that's where the miracles begin. Many a time, we are so consumed with the problems and the situation. We are so consumed. Oh, it's a little bread and it's a little fish. Oh, the situation is out of hand and so forth. We can put all the names on it. But that doesn't matter. You can name it with all kind of name. All God needs you to do, get it into his hands. Get it into his hands. I believe that young boy, when he was asked to hand over that fish and bread, Probably there was a little doubt. Oh no, I cannot give it to you guys and so forth. But thank God, he released the bread and the fish. Hallelujah. He released that bread and the fish. Lo and behold, that was the beginning of something. Listen, beloved. Faith can change any situation. Hallelujah. I believe that was the message that Jesus was actually passing down to these guys. Faith can change any kind of situation. Many a time, it is true as human, we are really pressed down with situations and things that is around us that sometimes weigh us down. But beloved, all Jesus is trying to say, just get it into my hands. Hallelujah. The miracle begins when that little boy releases that bread and the fish. And right there, that bread and the fish begins to multiply. Now imagine these guys going, going around sharing the bread and the fish. I believe themselves again would have another conference. Says, hey guys, come over here. You see what has happened? Imagine, few a few minutes ago, we were doubting. We were worried. There was unbelief. What is going to happen? We were crying. We, we think that we're going to be embarrassed. This is a crisis. However, today we've learned a lesson that if we can release 
our faith, something great will happen. Themselves, I believed. Now, for that little boy, I believe it was just a bread and fish. But what about you and I tonight? What, what are we willing this evening to give unto the Lord? Hallelujah. As I said earlier on, my life some 16, 17 years ago was quite a mess. Probably every one of us, the Bible says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. I remember that day I gave my life to Jesus. It was very insignificant. I remember I told my mom, because I grew up as a Methodist, I said, hey mom, I'll start going to the door. Which door? What door? Amen? What is, what is, what is this door? I says, mom, is a, is a church. You know, we are meeting in a, a, a school, a very, you know, damaged school with no windows and doors and, you know, just small, about 15, 20 of us. And he says, mom, he says, is this, this is a church? Are you crazy? Something is wrong with you? I says, no, mom, I, I think, I think I, this is just good for me. And I believe she doesn't, it was, a real, it was a real problem with that. And I had a lot of difficulties with her. And my brothers, you know, it was a war. And they says, mom, I'm going to give this life to Jesus. Well, unfortunately, mom, it might not go down well with you. But I've made a decision to follow Jesus. Think about it. Imagine, I can't able to understand. I was, I was very rough. I was very arrogant. I was drinking. I was fornicating. I normally don't come to the house in time. I was a rebel. Here is this man telling this woman, saying, I've put in all these things away. I'm going to be a good boy. He says, no. Think about it. I think that's demonic, isn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Every day you cry, oh, my child, oh, you have to, do, oh, I love you, please, don't follow the, now, Jesus has come down and take this little life, this little bread and fish that is about to multiply, about to do a miracle, and now you're standing against it. It was really hard. So, after some time, I was very steadfast. I stand on my decision that I want to preach the gospel regardless of what it's going to cost me. And today, I'm so blessed. I am so proud. No regret of the decision that I made. Hallelujah. She's staying in England presently. So many a time, you know, the last time I went to England, I says, hi, mom. I says, how do you see this Desmond? He says, oh, I love you. I'm proud of you. I says, ah, now you're proud of me. But you remember, I want to give this life to Jesus. You said everything. He says, no, you know, I didn't understand. It was like the disciples. They didn't understand that there is something good out of that bread and that fish. Hallelujah. Oh, Desmond, I'm so proud of you. Yes, you can be that kind of person today. Don't waste your life. You might look your life insignificant. No one should have ever think that that bread and that fish is going to feed thousands and thousands of people. Imagine what your life will be if you can just simply hand it over to the master tonight. Imagine that, beloved. I was pastoring in the Congo. 
I don't know these people. They don't know me. I don't know their language, their culture. I just enter by faith. Hallelujah. Faith. I told you that Christianity is a movement of miracle. I don't know their language. Nothing. But you know what? I start preaching. God begins to change lives. Things begin to happen. Themselves begin to go around and say, hey, do you see my life? I was once a drug addict. I was once bound in secret society. But you know what? I met a preacher. He preached and now I'm following Jesus. My life has changed. And think about it. If I shouldn't have given my life to Jesus, how those people should have been today. There are certain people that are waiting today just for you to give your life to Jesus. It's like only you will transform their life. I'm telling you. Sometimes I look at the church, I say, God, probably this, all of these people should have gone to hell if I shouldn't have given this life to you. And today, you are using this life to be a blessing to them. You shouldn't have even known me today if I shouldn't have given this life to Jesus. Don't mess up with this life. It's so bad to see young men, young women messing up their life in sexual sin and drugs and all kind of mess. No, today, just hand it over. Just take that life and give it over to Jesus. Beloved, by the time you think about it, you will be multiplying. You will be multiplying. I'm telling you, something good is going to come out of that life. I believe Peter should have said, is that that bread, that fish that I condemned? Yes, it is that. Indeed, the stone that the builder of rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The Bible says the foolish things of this world God have used to confirm the, the things of the wise. Hallelujah. I'm so blessed. I'm so, I, so, I, I thank God because I gave this life to Jesus. Think about our finances. Our finances might be a bread and fish. You might see that, oh no, you know, it's not enough. Is this, is that. But listen, principles remain principles. <laughs> Can I have an Amen. Principle remain principle. God says one-tenth of your income belongs to him. Well, you know, God, you try to negotiate. You know, many a time we, try, we, we, we negotiate in our mind when it comes to tithing. Can we be truthful this evening? How many of you sometimes you negotiate about that? How many of you sometimes you think it's difficult to give your tithes? Sometimes. But listen, it's a principle. What we need to do it's just to obey. He says, see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. It might look insignificant. It might look like the bread and the fish in your eyes. But once it arrives in the hands of the master, miracles begin. In your workplace, you will see that you will, you will have promotion. God will bless you in that place. You will rise up. You know why? You remain to be faithful to what God wants you to be faithful about. Hallelujah. What about our families? This is very important tonight. Many a time, we actually condemned our family when God have not condemned them. Oh, I don't think that my brother is going to get saved, man. He's doomed. He's this. He's a drunker. He's a drugger. He's going to go to hell. No, no, no. I believe that little time you will give yourself to pray for that person, something will miraculously happen. I believe somebody was praying for me. 
for me. Because the Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father except God brings that person. Somebody have been interceding for me somewhere. Somebody have been on, on his knees or on a knee, on a knees praying, God save that young man. But many a time, we abandon our family members, our mom, dad, brothers, sisters, because they are not on our side. We condemn them. We look them as bread and fish. They're worth nothing. Think about it tonight. If you can bring that bread and fish family before the hands of the master, how would you feel next week Sunday you saw your whole family in this church? It will be the most joyous moment in your life. I remember my mom called me up from England. He says, you know what? I'm now saved. I says, what? Do you know, do you know what you're talking? He says, yes, I know, son. I'm now attending a Pentecostal church. I've repented. I've given my life to Jesus. I says, wow. So I remember I went to England. He said, I didn't believe because she's a hardcore Methodist. She can drink. She, I mean, I, I mean, Oh, my God. He says, you don't believe? He says, let's go to our church. I went there to the church. Pastor, this is my mom. Is she saved? He says, yes, she's saved. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Think about it. Well, I was actually looking at my mom as a devil. But I start praying for her. Oh, God, save mom. Let her come to her senses. And today, I'm so proud of my mom. She's saved. She's on her way to heaven. Hallelujah. It seems very useless sometimes. Because sometimes the attitude of our loved ones is very bad. But you know, don't be discouraged. Don't get tired. It might seem like a bread and fish. But keep on praying. Probably they might not get saved. But somewhere, wherever they are, God will send somebody. They will call you up. He says, hey. You know, I'm attending a church in the side of this world. I'm saved. Oh, I thank God for my life. What are you saying? Are you really a Christian? Yes. In fact, I just, I just had my water baptism last week. I said, oh, hallelujah. You know why? Something has happened because you have been willing to pray for that person. Hallelujah. You have been willing. You are willing to pray. It seems very insignificant anyway. But because you are willing to pray, you are willing to bring that individual, your brother, your sister, your mom and dad. Oh my God. I wish, I wish all of my family members will come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you are saved, then you see the disaster that is behind them. I'm telling you, see the trend that the world is taking today. You don't need to read enough of the Bible for you to know that Jesus is coming back. You don't need to look at the newspaper. The surrounding, everything around us is closing up. Jesus is coming. There is no time left, beloved. And whatever we have to do, we have to do it now. We have to do it now. And by the grace of God, may God help us that the remaining members of our families will come to know Jesus. Not only our family, but our neighbors, everyone that we come across. Man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving to this thing. Just tell somebody about Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for this ministry. Thank God for this ministry. I'm telling you, what God has done in Africa in this ministry, only eternity will reveal the impact that we have made. I'm telling you. 
probably your ministry might be a bread and fish. It's very insignificant. I remember I was in South Africa preaching um, for one of our churches in Durban. And, um, you know, this uh, was a struggling church. It was not, you know, things were not going well. And uh, I was encouraging the pastor and uh, talking to him. I says, you know what? It all started myself. I went through this. It's not easy. And, you know, things like that. I was encouraging and praying. You know, I've having revival. With it. it was wonderful. And I want you to know, I encourage him. I says, it might be small like bread and a fish. But probably you are taking this pressure of this ministry too much upon yourself. Why can't you just hand it over to the Lord Jesus? Why can't you just turn it over and just, just relax and just be faithful and just enjoy what God, even the little that you have, just trust that God is going to multiply. And I'm glad to announce to you that indeed God has multiplied that ministry. Many a time we feel like that. You know, it's not too easy sometimes. But you have to understand, you have to learn that many a time, he says, I will build my church. His church, not my church. I'm just privileged to be a part. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a grace. What a privilege. And you know what? When things get stopped, God, please remember that you say you're going to build this church. You're going to bless your people. But sometimes we are so taken, we are so weighed down that we forgot to hand it all over to Jesus. And finally, what about our marriages? Well, I don't know much about it here in America, but through the media and the news, we, we had, we were reading it through the internet and news and, uh, from this side that marriages have suffered a lot. I don't know how true it is. But marriages have suffered a lot in America. Divorce, it's on the increase. Marriages getting, you know, separated and stuff like that. But you know what? You might be here this evening. You are in that kind of condition. Or probably you know somebody that their marriage is about to be broken. Why can't you just take this moment this evening to, bring, to just lay it down before the master's hand? Hallelujah. It's not, the, it's not the will of God that we should be separated in our marriage. For this reason, a man shall leave his father, mother, and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. But the enemy actually has invaded marriages. But you know what? We can make a difference because miracle can take place in every marriages. God can turn it around. God can change that situation. And finally, as we, so, as we see the situation... The Bible tells us that they feed all of these people and 12 baskets remain that were still ready to be supplied. I told somebody the other day, I says, I've never knew that Jesus was the first representative of the World Food Program. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not United Nations. No, 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 no. It was Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. Amen. He supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. Imagine that boy carrying his own pack of leftovers home. And the mother says, hey, I, I gave you five bread, two fish. What happened? You've bought a, a whole basket full of bread and fish. And he says, well, I met a man, Jesus. I met a man, Jesus. Hallelujah. I met a man, Jesus. Mom, I think we have to go to his church tomorrow. Hallelujah. Because, you know, miracle can change the situation of the way you think. And God can do it, beloved. 
God can do it in our lives, in our, in our marriages, in our ministry, in our family, in our life. All we need to do is we just need to hand it over into the hands of the master. Amen. Think some since 1973, I believe that Pastor Warner was sent over to Tucson. And we knew the story and uh, it was very tragic. But you know what? He remained to be faithful to that calling. And he just handed it over unto Jesus. He says, Jesus, take control of this work. And you today, I am a product of the decision he made to give it all over to Jesus. And you know what? It can happen here. It can happen to your life. The miracle begins when you turn it over to Jesus. It begins right there. Jesus, I turn it all over to you. You know, I don't care if you're in America, you're in Asia, you're in Africa. Humanity remains to be humanity. People remains to be people. Flesh remains to be flesh. All we need is to say, yes, Jesus. I know that the situation seems very bad. It seems like a crisis in Galilee. But I've just learned that you can turn it around. And if God can turn it around for those Galileans, then God can turn it around for you and I. God bless you. This is all I have in Jesus' name. Let's bow our head, close our eyes in Jesus' name. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.